Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 327, Grit and Perseverance. Indie Music Podcast now has a Patreon at patreon.com slash indie underscore musiccast, and we invite you to become a member for exclusive benefits. For next to nothing per month, you can get members-only podcast video, early access to upcoming episodes, merch, and more. This morning, Matt and I get together for coffee and talk about grit, perseverance, and getting through tough times while keeping your focus on your path and your goals. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, Doug. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> this is a new one. We didn't even we didn't check in. We didn't say, what are we talking about? We didn't say nothing. That's my favorite. That's your favorite? All right. Yeah. Hey, so I got a story. I got a story. I forgot to tell you last week. This is a good one. Um, I'll tell you in a second. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. All right. Um, and you? Um, <laughs> it, it must be chilly there. It is a little chilly here. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little out of sorts. But anyway, so my son, who in high school, he played saxophone and uh, kind of missed his saxophone, but... You know, we never owned one. He always used the one from school. So he's home for the summer, and because he's missing playing an instrument, he um he starts playing my acoustic guitar. He takes it out. I have to take a deep breath, you know, because I'm like, you don't you don't just start playing somebody's guitar without asking. It's like kissing somebody's wife without asking. You know what I mean? It's like you just you just you just don't do it. Anyway, so we got past that. So anyway, he starts he starts like really taking to the guitar, and he's like, I'm showing him chord shapes. Showing him all like different, you know, open tunings and stuff. And so he's like playing with different tunings and he's like learning chord shapes. And because he's got a, you know, he's got a pretty, he's got some years behind him, background in music, he's, uh, he's really kind of like taking to it. Right. So I'm like, it's, 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 it's a special guitar. You got to take care. It was given to me by a friend. Anyway, be good to it. Anyway, so he, um, he's, he can tune it by ear because he's got a musical kind of, sensibility about him anyway so he, he comes to me and goes uh i broke a string i'm like deep breath okay you broke a string that's fine we all do that and he did it doing that trick that we all do sometimes where you know you you're like tuning it and you're turning turning the wrong peg oh yeah <laughs> right? yeah we've all done that you turn the wrong one so why isn't it changing why isn't it changing doink and then the string breaks so i'm like okay uh, I don't seem to have any acoustic strings on hand. I only have electric guitar strings. And of course I could order one from Amazon or whatever, but I'm like, you know what? Let's go support our local music shop. You need a strap to go with it. Cause you have to have a different kind of strap for an acoustic guitar. Cause it has to have a little string, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, I haven't been to the local music shop lately. Let's go down there. You can see how much things cost <laughs> when we buy some new guitar strings. So come with me. Let's go down there. So we go down there and he's like, you know what? I'm going to look and see how much it costs to rent a, a tenor sax because I kind of miss playing a tenor sax. I'm like, that's cool. Cause you know, we'd look to buy one and they're like 1200 and up. We're like, okay, we'll just keep looking indefinitely anyway. So he goes, it's like 389 to rent it for the school year. And we're like, okay, that's not bad. And so I'm looking at the guitar strings and then the girl kind of goes, or uh, we have one that we're selling. Let me just go get it. And she comes, goes in the bag, comes out with, if you don't want to, you know, rent one for 389. We're selling this one for 400 
and she opens it up and it's like this pristine case and it's like this beautiful tenor saxophone and my eyes are like doink and and, <laughs> and i'm like dude play this and if if it's a decent saxophone i will buy it for you right now and uh he played it and it sounded good and it was in really good shape and you know it wasn't a professional yamaha that we were shopping for but it was a really solid student tenor sax and uh i bought it and the the funny part of it is so now he has a tenor sax which we've been looking for for years really since he graduated high school and um if he hadn't picked up my acoustic and broken a string and us go down there to the music shop we never would have found it it's like a it's like a butterfly like you know flapped its wings in asia somewhere yeah it's a total straight line (laughs) effect from that such a wild thing anyway he's happy as he's happy as can be playing his tenor sax and it all came back and he sounds good he he man he rocks the saxophone i gotta tell you oh that's cool he played on a couple of of my songs back when he was doing it in high school um yeah anyway it's fun fun story uh, it's fun to record horns i I think that's been um i've had horn sections here in my studio recording before Oh, okay, and, yeah. and it was a blast because you can just like get really creative. Literal with, blast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. You know, and so it's such a, a high SPL instrument. Yeah. Uh, especially like I, I recorded trumpet down here and, um, mm-hmm. uh, but the brass stuff, sax, not, not as bad. Um, and, uh, but yeah, and trombone and stuff like that. And uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to record horns like that, um, get some guys together and do it it's 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 a lot of fun it is fun yeah no i um yeah i i recorded trumpet my other son plays trumpet and so this one plays saxophone and i've recorded them both and uh yeah definitely just basically put a a 58 on a on a stand it didn't even occur to me to try anything else because that's what they always use when they're playing live you know i went to a you know bazillion school jazz band concerts and help set up and break down and and that's all they ever use is 58s and 57s yeah and uh yeah high spl put it put it right in the bell yeah <laughs> you know, I, had, I had fun with it i i had a um uh a couple small diaphragm condensers about uh four or five feet away mm-hmm. um in in a stereo uh, uh setup and then i did a uh a dynamic mic you know at the the horn bells and then i did a uh condenser microphone uh over the shoulder oh okay which was really cool because we were like how do you hear it because mm, what, what you're playing is what you hear right here versus yeah. we hear something different out here you know and so right. I, I added that and then also um uh, kind of a room mic in the back and it was a lot it was fun and then mixing those together um but the the over the shoulder i think is definitely something to consider uh you know for for something like horns Definitely something like uh, strings, like violin or something like that, and guitar. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, is really good. And you got to just remember that the artist playing is hearing it from the ear position, right? You know, that's where they're. T- you know, everything about them is coming from. So it's it's interesting to Mike, you know, from approximate of their listening, you know, head position. Yeah, I like that idea. If, if I had had the capability to do more microphones, I, I would have considered doing a room for sure. Although the room I was recording in was <laughs> less than ideal. So I really wanted that close up, you know, 
full sound, reject everything else kind of sound. But I like that idea of recording over the shoulder, although I, I do find that they, you know, they tend to move around a bit when they're playing. Yeah. It's trumpet, not as much. Saxophone, they, they're kind of they're dynamic in their own movement. Yeah. Now, one thing I wish I had was, um, it was like a, a, a clip-on condenser mic at the bell to, mm-hmm. to let them move around more. Because when you have a stationary mic with, with horns, especially, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, uh, those guys, they like to move and, uh, you know, in different horn positions and, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Where, and, and that changes the dynamics on the microphone you know, yeah. uh, for where they're playing, which may not necessarily be what you want at that point in time when they're, when they're, you know, they're hitting a, a really high, highly dynamic phrase or something, but move away from the microphone and, and it drops instead of, of comes up and, you know, as there was their intention for that, you know? So, but. yeah, the, the, the funny, the way that it always worked on stage with these guys was, uh, you know, they, they all have their, a music stand in front of them. And so they're, they're all playing over the music stand. Like the trumpet guys are playing over the music stand. So they're like looking at the music stand to play over it. Cause if they play into it, that's muted. But anytime somebody took a solo, it'd be like, they'd stand up to take a solo. And then somebody else who wasn't playing at that minute would come over and move the mic right into their bell, <laughs> whether it was a trumpet or a second. So they wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. They wouldn't have to think about it. Somebody else would come over and like, if somebody stands up to take the sax solo, you know, it's inevitably the conductor, the teacher would come over and like reposition the, the, the microphone right into the bell yeah, that's and they cool. would play into it. So it's great. So yeah. speak, speaking of, um, um, live music, I, I have my first front of house gig. Uh, oh, I was wondering if you were going to do any of those anymore. Yeah. Well, the, the band that I work with, and I only work with one band. I don't do front of house as a, as a business thing. I, I do it as just kind of a part uh, of being a bandmate with uh with these guys oh, okay. and um and so I, I i run sound for them and they uh um lost a uh singer for a while and got their singer back and then they lost a bass player after that and then got a new mm-hmm. bass player and uh um but in the process lost the pa and oh. <laughs> and so then got the got a got a new pa and uh and so now it's all come together and and they've got gigs booked so um i i know uh, you know the the band leader. Um, mm-hmm. and it's been just like, I don't know. I, I really just commend him on his perseverance and cause it was not an easy time going through. It was like one thing after another yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of thing, you know, uh, where it's like, it feels like everything is against you trying to get to where you want to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, which I think, and I think it's really neat. And it's a good example of, of, uh, of just, keeping on top of your dream and, and staying focused and, and pushing through, uh, all these outside things that can happen, you know, and, and sticking to, uh, you know, sticking to your dreams on it. And it's pretty cool. That's something that, yeah, you know, I was, uh, just, you know, Angela Duckworth who wrote the word, the book grit. I was, I just happened to be on TikTok because I've been spending a lot of time on there lately and, uh, saw part of her Ted talk talking about grit. And how that that was like the most uh, in her research. And of course, her book is, you know, cited and referred to in a bazillion other business books and other personal development books, because she she found that in her research that that was the one thing that was the most determining factor of success wasn't, you know, your connections. It wasn't your your charisma. It wasn't your, you know, talent or 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 or, or any. it was as how much you stuck to your guns and how much you persevered 
over the long term with whatever your goal was. And it's always fascinated me to kind of go, okay, these, these obstacles that, you know, <laughs> there's that other book, the obstacle is the way, um, that's a good book. The, um, these obstacles that the universe is throwing at you, is this the universe telling you to quit or is this the universe testing you to see if you have the resolve to move past this and succeed? And I always kind of think now of obstacles as like, I call it the crucible. You know, this is the part where the universe tests you to weed out the, the posers, to weed out the people who aren't serious about their, about their goals. You know, this is, this is the thing that tests you. And like every hero journey has some kind of a, you know, test, uh, to, to see if the hero has the resolve to make it to, you know, to go get the golden fleece, right. Yeah. And return home. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are the, what do you think are the top three things that people would, um, kind of fold under? Um, you know, I, I think money would be like probably number yeah. one, that would be a cause for like, I just got to give up. I got to move some, you know, onto another idea, but yeah. you know, what else do you think is like, like one of the major players in, in really money t- is a testing tough that one. grit, you know? Yeah. Money is a whole separate topic to me because I, I feel like so many of us grew up and were indoctrinated with, uh, you know, certain belief structures around money and who has it and who doesn't and who can get it and who can't and where does it come from when you don't have it and and there's a lot of limiting beliefs and cultural stuff wrapped up in money that um i'm having to like unpack for myself having grown up really poor i've been getting kind of a uh, over the past few years actually my 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 concept of what money is is kind of switched to its energy and it's, it's a, an energy flow. It's, exactly. It's, exactly. It, it's a transfer, you know, it's, it's a gaining of and transferring, uh, you know, exchange, you know, you're in the exchange money, you're exchanging energy because it, it took energy right. to, uh, to acquire that money. Yeah. Um, and it took energy for someone or whatever to, uh, produce, um, a product and or service or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're exchanging mm-hmm. the money for, you know, and that's, um, uh, really all that it is, you know, and, um, and in thinking of it in those terms, it's, um, it's been more of a, a way for me to, uh, direct focus towards, um, energy. Yep. Well, what is it that I do? Well, I, I help produce music and mastering. So, and, and in exchange for that, um, I, I do receive compensation and, um, and so it's not that I focus on the money. I focus on the thing that I like doing and the, you know, and, and what it is that I'm doing, because that's what actually right. creates the energy for the exchange, you know? Right. And it's a value. It's a value exchange. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk about music as being an energy exchange, which is the people on the stage are giving out an energy and the people in the audience are returning the energy. It's an exchange of energy. And this is kind of the same thing you're doing. You're providing a service. You're providing your, and, and you're receiving something back. It's, yeah. it, it really is an energy flow. And I think it's easier to kind of understand what is value when you kind of think of that in, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, what are you getting in the exchange? Uh, yeah, and it's not always what you think it is. No. The value isn't the master. The value is, the, is whatever the, the, the artist perceives the value of that finished music to be in their own career, right? Yeah. And you kind of get a chance occasionally to – to get some insight into that. And that sometimes comes in, in feedback from your clients. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, or just through the the discourse and and conversation and interactions uh, with the uh, with those people. So for me, the clients, the artists, uh, the studios, mm-hmm. and things like that um, that I'm working with. Right. Um, but that's part of that development of relationship, you know, yes. and uh, um, and then understanding and and uh, I don't know. Uh, I think you do too. You know, it's always try to add as much value over the top as possible for Absolutely. everything that you do, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do up above and beyond is, is my way. And that's your way too. You know, the whole go giver thing, you, you, you know, it's not, it's not enough to fill in a hole. You have to plant a flower in is what I like to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, back to your question. Uh, I think one of the other th- top three things is self doubt. Like you start to hit obstacles and then you start to wonder, well, am I good enough? Because you're comparing yourself to other people. You're comparing your journey to other people's journey, even though you don't know where their starting point was. Um, and you don't know where in the, where along the way you're seeing them and comparison really is, is, is not great unless yeah. you're, you're going, okay, I, this is the model for where I want to go. That's a whole different thing. But um, yeah, I think self doubt is tough because you tend to doubt yourself because we don't allow ourselves to uh, to grow as much as we used to, like like in the before times, <laughs> and I mean in the before before times, you know there was a, there seemed to be like a kind of an apprenticeship thing, like you would learn from somebody, you would learn from a mentor, and you would know going in whatever it was that you were going through a, a learning growth period, right? And now what happens is you know we have so much kind of like people who are self taught they. You know, we, we watch videos, we take courses, we do a lot of things on our own. And we're looking at other people who are already, you know, out there getting stuff done. And we're like, why aren't we there yet? And so I think there's like this, this whole, we forget to give ourselves the grace to learn and grow and, and suck for a while at things we don't know how to do. And we forget that we're not looking at their, at the other people's you know, learning curve. We're not looking at their growth period. We're not looking at the pain and the hard work and the, the 10 years of ramp up. We're only looking at the success story and going, how come I'm not there already? So I like to say to my kids, you know, don't come, you know, you, you can't jump to the finish line. You have to, you have to run the race. You have to, you have to do the work to get there Yeah. and you can't compare your starting point to somebody else's finish line. And when you want it so bad and you're, and you're just starting out and you're going through that phase of, of, of learning yeah. and everything and trying to do it. I mean, that, and then people get the, um, stuck in this imposter syndrome thing and, yeah. Yeah. and are concerned that, uh, um, you know, what they're, what they're doing isn't good enough. Other people are going to, um, call them out, you know, for not right. being at a level that, uh, um, you know, that they think they should be. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that whole comparison of, of, so, you know, my insides to your outsides type of thing right. starts happening, you know, and, yeah. uh, and none of that is good for anything. Right. And, uh, um, you know, you are where you are at the moment and you're doing what you're doing. And if you're trying to learn and do something new, that's, you know, that's fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that grit comes, you start learning that grit pretty early then. I and mean, if you're trying to do it for clients, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, is to be genuine, um, and to, you know, and to sell your services at the level at where you are, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and trying to find that True. might take some testing, you know, and, uh, it also, you know, to, to what the, um, your customers, um, what mm-hmm. that, what your market will bear and everybody has their own little market because we all have our own circle of uh, network and contacts and things like that, you know? So, right. Um, 
which is a reason I don't really worry about competition too much because they've got their own circle and I've got my circle I'm trying to build. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they overlap, you know, Um, but uh, it's very infrequent uh, for me that I'm really directly competing for uh, for a specific client with someone else. They've come to me uh, in most cases uh, uh, Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, whether it be my own marketing or something, you know, I mean, I got in front of them somehow. Sure. And, and some, you know, I do hear uh, some horror stories about their working with others and, I, you know, it would be fun to, um, to name some names, but I won't, <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes it's really shocking to hear, you know, what of, about a bad experience um, that someone else yeah, had, I agree. Um, especially when it's a, uh, it's someone that, you know. Or it's, uh, or, you know, of, or something like that, you know, and, and I always find that interesting and I usually don't engage in that. It's more like, oh, wow. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Because you don't want to talk shit about other people. No, no. But I'm thinking more in terms of the artist journey. Like, you know, you know, I'm I'm thinking of, you know, because I was, I I don't know. I just happened to be watching some, uh, listening to some Lady Gaga yesterday, watching some old videos um, because somebody had asked me about hooks in songs and i think she has some of her early stuff has like just they're just cram packed with hooks and anyway so and i was thinking of uh lady gaga when she wasn't lady gaga and she was just some chick in a cafe with a cat with a keyboard you know putting in her dues and and working out her songs and working out her identity and stuff and there's that whole behind the scenes part of the artist journey where you're kind of toiling in private and that goes for artists that goes for you know audio professionals anybody who's like you said they're at a level that they're at until they're not right right so you're you're you know you're playing in a cafe until you develop your artist personality you develop your songwriting skills you gain some audience and you know five years from now you can look back and go wow i've come a long way but in that moment in that meantime yeah you got to keep persevering you got to know where you're headed and put in the work to get there and that goes for not just uh, artists and that goes, that goes for everybody pursuing something, whatever you're pursuing. Yeah. You know, and I think we get to relive it over and over again. Um, it's it, yeah. every time you start a new song, you're kind mm-hmm. of back in that moment where you're, you're, you know, yep. <laughs> every time you get a new piece of gear that you don't know how to use and you got to get it set up, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I and, do. Cause I've been dealing with that this week, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it puts you in that position of, of feeling a little bit of anxiety trying to get it mm-hmm. together. You got a deadline. You got to get some stuff done. You know, you got your workflow. Right. It's all changing and, um, you know, and yeah. what, whatever, but it puts you back in that position. That's a little bit uncomfortable. And, and, you know, that's a really good place. Um, I was going to say that's, I like being in that place. I don't want to ever be so comfortable that I just kind of go through the motions. And No, that's and, why we should always continue to buy new gear. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. I'm writing that down because we need that. Now I have an excuse. Must buy new gear to stay on top of uh, the, <laughs> the comfortability curve. <laughs> okay. Well, that's two money and self-doubt. What would be the third thing that, that is, uh, that, is kind of a an obstacle or a crucible that you must pass through um uh relationships relationships that's a really good one this is, no man is an island right right even though you know even a even a successful solo artist has a team they everybody who does something has a anybody who's successful doesn't succeed on their own they have a team of people that either they're 
mentors, whether they know it or not. Like, you know, your mentors could just be people on YouTube that you watch all the time. You know, I consider, you know, Warren Hewitt, I consider him a mentor and he probably doesn't, you know, he would never know who I was if I ran into him in a, in a, in a coffee shop. But, um, stuff like that, like, yeah, no, you just don't succeed on your own. You have a circle around you, whether you know it or not, whether you lean on them or not, whether you explicitly reach out to them for help or not, which you you should, because you can't do everything yourself and why, and you should. Right. 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 This would be a boring show if it was only me talking. <laughs> or me. <laughs> I could, and with I could the two of us, look minutes. at the success we've had, you know? <laughs> oh, so much. Tens and tens of views. <laughs> Commercial so funny. This is the latest hashtag challenge. This is going to get tens and tens of views. I think of us. <laughs> uh, no, a little hilarious. The teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Well, hey, no matter what, I, I think we're a good example of no matter what the outcomes are, have a good time doing when you're doing and, and, uh, that's true. you know, and, uh, enjoy the whole process. I mean, cause that's, we don't, you know, it's, it's not about anything. It's it, what you and I do now is the same thing that you and I did three years ago. And that's try, get together and have a fun conversation and enjoy, right. um, true. you know, a that's little true. bit of time. And, uh, and then the creation of the content and stuff is a byproduct of just of that happening, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it, you know, that stuff that we put out, we, we try to present it in a nice way and, uh, and have fun and hope others think it's interesting. And, and I do get, uh, good feedback that people like, uh, uh, that, that do listen to us. And we've got some <laughs> regular, uh, listeners that, that actually, oh, yeah. what is it? Three, is it up to five now? It <laughs> might be, you know, and, and they, uh, <laughs> We're kind, you know, I don't know. We we border on comedy sometimes. I think because people That's enjoy. True. That's true. Uh, they think we're funny. I don't know why. Um, well, well, looks aren't everything, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's good though because you know, you know, there's enough dry instructional stuff out there. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather inject with humor because it's just more interesting to listen to. Yeah, even if we're un- unintentionally funny. <laughs> <laughs> you funny. <laughs> Yeah. Relationships. That's a big one. Cause uh, I don't, I think, I think that you have a, wherever you're, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, I think you have a built-in plateau if you don't have good relationships with uh, other people inside and outside of your industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it all, you know, it all comes back to um, continuing to keep focus on where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And then, but I, th- I think that focus can, can, It'd be like on a, on a highway. It's not always straight all the time, you know? And, no. and, uh, uh, you just kind of flowing with, with how the energy's moving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, but you're still always heading in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for whatever that end goal is, but, uh, and that's so, I guess that's the way I kind of think about it, you know, and cause things get hard and, mm-hmm. uh, um, just try and persevere through it. And I think that, uh, that grit, that's a good term for, for that. Yeah. And that, that, those imposts, that goal can change. I've found that very often, um, when I try to, you know, put something out to the universe that this is what I want. If <laughs> it seems like it's very often like that, uh, you know, that kind of trope from cartoons where you ask for something and the genie gives you back very literally what you asked for. And then, Oh, well, <laughs> You know, you, you didn't specify. 
this thing. And you're like, well, I guess I didn't like you get back what you asked for, but not always in the same way that you thought you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you do have to pivot and sometimes you do have to, you know, um, kind of change direction a little and end up kind of adjacent to where you thought you were going to be and, and see if that's the place where you enjoy landing. You know what I mean? Yeah. They remind, you know, the, what I was reminded of there was this joke that I can't, uh, um, repeat here, but, uh, at, at the end of the guy's wish, um, um, he ended up with no legs, you know? Okay. And- <laughs> you have to tell me that one later. <laughs> I know you're so, chuckling thinking so, of the actual joke. <laughs> so to be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> it's true. And be careful of how you wish for it. Yeah. Many times I've, I've wished for things or, and realized after the fact that, oh, I did get that wish fulfilled. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be or how I thought it was going. Yeah. To manifest. It manifests in a way that wasn't your expectation, which is cool, you know, and, uh, and in different ways and different time, um, you know, so it wasn't all at once and, yeah. you know, it was, it was a little bit over time or whatever. And, or you know, worse, I, I think that th- you, you know, get exactly what you asked for, but you realize when you got it, that wasn't what you wanted at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we got to think about these things as a marathon, you know, and, yes. um, and just really, just having the endurance to push through and, and, you know, just keep, you know, and what's the end, I think, you know, when you can't do it anymore and whatever, you know, reason for me, I think about that and that's like, well, that's probably when I lose my hearing or, mm-hmm. um, you know, at some point where it's just doesn't not feasible for me to physically be able to do what I'm, what I love to do anymore at some point, yeah. you know, but I try not to think about that too much, <clears throat> but you made me think of something just now, which was that, I think one of the ways to get from A to B is to is to not focus too much on the B, not focus too much on the goal, but try to focus on the journey and enjoying it along the way. Because, you know, ultimately, you don't want to stop, right? You don't want to go, okay, I'm at the top of the mountain, I'm done, and then what, right? Yeah. You don't ever want to be like, okay, I achieved this, and now what? I think that's always the beauty of any art form is that there isn't a end. You you know what I mean? Um, You don't, you don't ever reach the, you know, a point where there's nothing left to, to learn or to do, you know? Um, And, uh, and music, you know, is, is, I don't know, uh, you know, different people are in, into different uh, uh, different types of things and different artistic uh, expressions and things like that. And music happens to be mm-hmm. what I'm interested in, you know, in the production of music. And I don't ever, I can't fathom, you know, that there's uh, a, even a possibility of knowing everything, <laughs> you know? No, but, I don't think it is possible. No, and it's fun because I can achieve things in a way that I've, I've learned how to do and, and I've experimented and, and I just keep kind of growing on that type of stuff, you know? And so the growth part, I guess, is what I really like about it, you know? And, and you know, Right. It, and that's kind of my point, which is that you enjoy the learning, you enjoy the struggle, you enjoy the, the, the process. Yeah. The process is fun. And if it wasn't fun, you know, it's not like you're trying to get to a place is my point. Yeah. You're not trying, you're not doing, you're not suffering through this to get to a place. You're enjoying this journey, whatever that eventual 
imaginary <laughs> plateau is. Yeah. You know, um, because if you're not enjoying it along the way, because I, because theoretically the journey is the point, right? Because if there's no end, if there's no actual point B that you're reaching eventually, then what's the point if you don't enjoy the journey? Yeah. This reminds me of a trip that I took out to Boston one time and um, drove up, um, up through uh, Pennsylvania, actually went through the top mm-hmm. of Indiana and over into Pennsylvania and stuff. And, and on the route, you know, so we've got this whole journey and we've got a destination, but on the route, we hit this rest stop in Indiana and it was like the nastiest place I've ever been. And it stank and it was like, we couldn't get wait to get out of there, you know? Um, and then we got into Pennsylvania and we, the, our next rest stop and it was, uh, it was amazing. You know, I mean, it was sparkling mm. clean and, right. and everything, but come to find out that at the last gas stop, I thought that I ha- had left my wallet. And so oh. we had to go back to Indiana and, <gasps> um, and we, it, which wasn't too big of a deal. It, it was about an hour. Okay. So, uh, you know, my bad and had to drive back an hour and we got back there, went to the gas station. I'm looking around and I found my wallet in my back pocket. <laughs> and I swear to God to this day that I thought that the pants I was wearing had no back pocket. Okay. Uh, they were kind of like sweatpants. Okay. And I, so I didn't even consider, you know, I remember looking at my pants, I checked my front pockets, you know, and I said, well, you know, no mm. back pocket. And so I was faced at that moment with, should I throw the wallet on the ground and go, Hey, I got it, <laughs> you know, or, or own this, you know? And so I got back in, I got back in the car and I owned up to it. And, uh, um, and then we, we went, and trucking again and, uh, and made it to our, our destination that day with, a um, with a couple extra hours of, of work to mm-hmm. put into it, you know? So anyway, the, the moral of the story is, is that sometimes things don't really go the way that you plan. And sometimes <laughs> it's as a result of your, um, you, you've done it to yourself, you know, Blind and, spot. uh, um, and then you just kind of keep working for it, but be, yeah, be true yeah. to yourself and others and be authentic and, and, uh, you know, put in the energy and the work, uh, to just keep trying to get where you're going. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> I feel like I've done that exact thing. <laughs> like not realizing I had a back pocket. That's the first time I've told anybody <laughs> that story outside my family. <laughs> that's a good story. It is funny how different rest stops are like completely <laughs> different too. Yeah. And, you know, and those rest stops, they, they, they represent some of the good times and bad times that, uh, that you'll go through when you're on your journey, you know? So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when we got to Pennsylvania though, we found the, the best prime rib steakhouse I've ever been to in my life. So you, really? know, you never know, you know, so there's rewards. There are rewards and you don't always see them coming. Nope. Just like there are trials and tribulations and you don't always see those coming either. Well, and that's part of what the importance of relationships is because relationships are what gets you through those spots. Yeah. I'm still married. Still have a son that loves me. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and there are also people that you can uh, celebrate with yeah. when you have a win. And, and if you have a sense of humor, you can laugh along with them when they're making fun of you. So, so important. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sense of humor. Very important. Well, this turned out to be a really good 
and very fulfilling talk, Doug. Yeah. Now, you need to stop talking because we're almost out of time, okay? No, I know. That's why I was wrapping up. <laughs> Don't drag this thing on like me. <laughs> <laughs> no plans to do that. Um, oh, by the way, how's my audio this week? Did I fix that that duplication that was going on? Oh, yeah. I didn't notice it at all. Sounds great. Good, good. I'm not sure what I changed, but uh, apparently it's fixed. <laughs> and on that note, I have also verified for 100% positive that the mismatch of um, of my uh, bitrate was the pro- yep. was was my problem with okay. that kind of gainy distortion thing. So yeah, verified. I, you know, okay. I would have never identified that had I not done that. So it, it's it's really cool to know what effect that actually has on the audio um, when recording. Yeah, kind of surprising, but good to know. Yeah. All right, everybody. Peace. Have a great week. All right. Thanks, everyone. We appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Cheers, Doug. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. <laughs>